invite you to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15. I'll start in verse 33 again. Mark, chapter 15. I'll read through 41. Mark 15, starting in verse 33. Now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sambachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, Look, he is calling for Elijah. And then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine, put it on a reed, and offered it to him to drink, saying, Let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn from into from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph and Salome, who also followed him and ministered to him when he was in Galilee and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've allowed us to gather together. Thank you for this time of of singing and time of prayer that we've had this morning, Father, seeking to worship you through song and worship you through prayer. Father, we thank you that we have that hope that Jesus Christ is alive, that he is at your right hand, and Father, that you have sent your spirit into our hearts that we might know you and that we might know that Jesus lives. And Father, we are here today to to worship you, to worship you through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we want to honor your word. And I pray, Father, that as we look to your word this morning that you will speak to our hearts, that you will speak to our souls, Father, and that you will encourage us through your word. Father, I pray that you would give each and every heart that is here this morning and each and every soul that is listening to this message, Father, that you will give them exactly what they need and that I will honor you in the things that I say. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have been looking at the end of the Gospel of Mark, and we've been looking at different things uh, that have been happening, uh, different things that we read here um, in the details of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ, the end of his ministry, the end of his life, and also kind of going into the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ in his last days on the earth as Mark ends this gospel. And we've looked at several different things as we've uh, been looking at this chapter 15. There has been much that has been here. Um, We have looked at the um, last days that Jesus Christ had with his disciples. We looked at his arrest, the betrayal of Christ, the, the denial of Peter. We've looked at um, the trial that Jesus Christ went through. We have um, considered, we considered last time the importance of what it said 
in verse 38 that when Jesus Christ died, the veil in the temple was torn in two from the top to bottom. Just trying to look at some different things that are in this text here that oftentimes we might skip over or we might miss or we don't put an emphasis on trying to um, ask the Lord to show us things that we need to see that maybe we haven't seen before. And what I want to speak on this morning is, I think, something that as I've been looking over this text and as I've been going through the Gospel of Mark that I think is very important and is not to be overlooked. And, and I think will encourage you, encourage us this morning, is the important place of women in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. The important place of women in the life of ministry, life and ministry of, of Jesus. And I think that it's such a relevant message today, uh, as it always has been, because it's the truth. But I think it's especially relevant message today because of the world, of the culture that we're living in and how women have been under attack and under assault by the culture that we live in. And much could be said about that. Um, but we are here this morning to consider what the Word of God says about um, the, the role of women in the kingdom of God. And I think Jesus teaches us the truth. Jesus teaches us the importance of, of women in the kingdom of God. And we see that through His life, through His ministry, and we see it even maybe more than any other way when it, when it comes to the end of His life and also in His resurrection. Um, we see the importance that women played in these things. And so it's something that shouldn't be overlooked. Oftentimes it may be, and maybe it's something that you haven't considered in great detail, but I think that it's important for us to get this right, and I think that it can encourage us in the time that we're living in to see how important that women are in the way that God has created them, in the way that God has, has ordained them, and the role that they have in the church, the role that they have in the kingdom of God. And we see that through the, the Gospels. We see that through the, the Word of God and what it says. So, you know, just taking that from verse 40 and 41 that we have in our text today, just why was this written? Why was this placed here? Why should we pay attention to this? Why is it at such a crucial place in, in, in the gospel and just talking about Christ giving his life and dying on the cross and then giving us this account here in verse 40 and 41. So, you know, it says that he, Jesus Christ breathed his last breath. He, he, he died. He gave up the ghost. The veil of the temple was torn in, in two from top to bottom. The centurion that was there, when he sees all these things and he hears what Christ did, he says... Truly this was the Son of God. You know, it was just an amazing thing that, that happened and that was revealed to him, an amazing statement that was made there. And then he says this, Mark records, there were also women looking from afar. And then he names those that were there, some of those that were there, important, important ones that we know that were there. And then says in verse 41, who also followed him and ministered to him 
when he was in Galilee and many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. That's important, isn't it? It has an important place in the scripture and in, the, in this account. And so as we look at that, we would say based on where this is placed and based on what it says that women have an important place or they had an important place in the life and ministry of Christ and that women have a very important place in the life of the local church, in the life of the kingdom of God. And we see that through the way that Jesus interacted with them and the importance they had in his life, in his ministry, in his death, and in his resurrection. So let's consider this this morning, and I hope that you are encouraged, all of us are encouraged by looking at that this morning. Number one, we see in the gospel accounts the special place that women had in the life of Jesus Christ. The special place that women had in the life just thinking about the life of Jesus Christ and in, in his life and in growing up and the way that he lived, um, women had a special place in his life. Number one, we would first say that his mother had a very important role in his life. Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, she had a special place in the life of Christ. She was his mother. Obviously, mothers have a special place in our life. They are the ones who bring us into this world. They are the ones who go through the pain of childbirth, the, the, the pain of uh, uh, the suffering of, of carrying a child and, and, and birthing that child. And then weaning that child, they, they give of themselves, they give of their body, they give of their sustenance to the, the, the nurturing and the raising of that child. That is so vitally important. You wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for your mother. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my mother. And so Jesus' Jesus' mother, we see, played a very important role in his life. And I think one of the ways that we see this is that Jesus' very first miracle was at a wedding that his mother was um, there and organizing. We read of this in the Gospel of John. Think of that, the very first miracle that Jesus performed, showing his, his power as the God-man, was really done for his mother. So we read about that in John chapter 1. It says that they were at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. And I think this is where we see the love that Christ had for his mother in the special place that he that she had in his life. It says, Now there were six, now there were, uh, there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. 
And the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to them, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifest his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum. He, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. And they did not stay there many days. So we see the special place that the mother of Jesus had in his life, that the very first of his miracles that he performs, turning this water into wine, he does this for his mother at, his, at her request. And, um, and it tells us that through this, that his glory was manifested and that his disciples believed in him. And so we just have a glimpse here of the special relationship that Christ had with his mother and how much that he loved her, that his very first miracle was performed for her and at her request. Number two, I think that we could fast forward to the end of Jesus' earthly life and we see the great love and concern and special place that his mother had in his life because as he is dying on the cross, as he is suffering on the cross, it tells us that he took care of his mother. And John chapter 19 verse 25 says, Now there stood by the cross Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Jesus shows what a special care and love he had for his mom that even while he was suffering as the, as the son of God in the place of sinners, even as he was coming down to his very last breath, even as it was difficult for him to be able to even breathe, much less talk. He utters these words of, of love and care for his mother, seeing that she is taken care of, she, seeing that she is provided for and that someone is looking over her. So we, we see that from Christ in these words and how he told John to take care of his mother and that she was to become... His, like his mother, and he was to become like her son. So we see that. We see a special place that women had in his life, just who he was as, as, the, as a man came to do with his relationship with his mother. Number two, we also see it in the close friendship that Jesus had with Mary and Martha the sisters 
of Lazarus. We get a glimpse of this in John chapter 11. Lazarus, Lazarus was a friend, a close friend of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so were his sisters, Mary and Martha. And it tells us that in John chapter 11 that Lazarus dies. And, of course, Mary and Martha are grieved at this. Um, they are upset. They are um, having sorrow fill, fill them up in their hearts. And so they, they come, Jesus comes to Bethany. And it tells us that Mary and Martha approach him and... and they tell him about the fact that Lazarus has died. And it says in verse 3, Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loved Mary and Martha. They had a special place in his life. He loved them as his very own sisters. Sometimes we might miss over that and, and just say, well, that, you know, it's just, you know, they were his friends. But Jesus loved Mary and Martha deeply. And they had a special relationship as he also had with, with Lazarus. We see that because of the way that this affects Jesus. We'll go on down later and we read that as Jesus, as Lazarus dies and Jesus comes upon the scene and he sees the grief of Mary, he sees the grief of Martha, says that, verse 31, then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And look what it says in verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping... And the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned and the spirit and was troubled. Why? Because he deeply loved them. They had a special place in his, in his heart and in his life. When he saw them weeping, when he saw them hurt, his heart was filled with grief and compassion. He also too was hurt. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And then verse 35 says, Jesus wept. Jesus was filled with compassion. Jesus was filled with grief. Jesus was filled with anguish of soul. And it says that, that he wept. Doesn't that touch your heart? To know that, that Jesus Christ was, was touched and showed emotion? He showed emotion for these women. He showed emotion for 
Lazarus who had died. And we can take, you can take comfort from that today that that is the heart of Christ toward his brothers and sisters. When we're going through pain, when we're going through suffering, when we're going through death, death, Jesus also weeps with us. And the Jews said, see how much he loved him. And I think we could also say, see how much he loved them. See how much he loved Mary and Martha and was touched by their grief and their pain and their sorrow. So we see the special place that these women had in the, just the life of Jesus Christ and just who he was. Secondly, not only do we see the special place that women had in the life of Jesus, but we certainly see the special place, number two, that women had in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And time would fail us this morning to be able to speak of all the different things that that Jesus did for women in his ministry. They had a special place in his ministry. As we've said already, his first miracle that he performed was at a wedding. It was for his mother in John chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. We read of one of the first miracles in the Gospel of Mark that we looked at was Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law. Remember, Jesus, Peter, uh, Peter's mother-in-law had a fever, and Jesus comes there, and he, and he touches her, and she's healed of that fever. What an encouragement that was to not only Peter, but to Peter's wife, and certainly to the one who was healed, that Jesus was moved with compassion, and Jesus showed his care and concern for Peter and for his wife, that he would come, take the time to come, and that he would heal Peter's mother-in-law of this fever. We see also that Jesus saves a Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. What an impact that this would have on his disciples, the Jews, right, and, 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 and women that were uh, a part of his uh, a part of the believers there when Jesus would go out of his way or, or really the way that was easier to go, that the disciples would go out of their way to avoid to going to Samaria, uh, to Samaria because they were at odds with the Samaritan. They were their enemies. Jesus shows us how he values women by going through Samaria. He said, I must go to Samaria, I must needs go through Samaria to save a sinful woman, a Samaritan woman at the well. And oh, the impact that that had. Remember what it says about her after that, that she was changed by the Lord Jesus Christ, after she saw who he was. Remember what it says about her? It says that she left her water pots. She came to the well to get water during the the heat of the day, to avoid being seen by others. But it says that after that she was changed by the Lord Jesus Christ, she left her water pots and she went into the city and she began to tell everyone about the Lord Jesus Christ, that he knew everything about her. He knew everything that she had done. And yet he forgave her. Yet he changed her. Yet he gave her hope. She says that she went and told the men of the city the things that Jesus had done for her. So we see that even a Samaritan woman, even what others 
considered an inferior woman, yet Jesus shows his care and concern for his children and women that are his children, no matter who they are. He shows compassion on them. Another important passage for us to look at, we looked at earlier in Mark, and it was in Mark chapter 3. Because Jesus talks about his spiritual family. And this teaches us an important lesson as we consider the special place and the, and the role that women have in, the, in our life and in the life of the church. It says in Mark chapter 3, verse 31, Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him, and a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered, saying, Who is my mother or my brothers or my sisters? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him, and he said, Here are my mother, here are my brothers, here are my sisters. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. That is the way that Jesus saw women. He saw them, the younger women, as his sisters in Christ. He saw the older women as his mothers. And we too, he's saying, we too, this is the way that we should view women. They are our sisters in Christ. They are our mothers in Christ. And they should have that special place in your life. Just as natural family does. Just as a natural sister or a natural mother would have. So in the church we have that. You have that here. You have sisters in Christ. You have mothers in Christ here at the church. And that is an important place in the church. As it is an important place in the life. Mothers hold such a very important place in our life. And and so do sisters. So does family. And Jesus is saying, in the church, in the kingdom, this is the place that they are to have in the kingdom. They are like family. They are your, your, your true and real family. Your spiritual family. Brothers and sisters in Christ. So we see that Jesus teaches that in His ministry. Another example we have of important place that women had in the ministry of Christ was one that Dennis mentioned this morning. That that woman who had the issue of of blood for 12 years, that Jesus, as he's walking through the crowd, he allows this woman to come and to touch him and for virtue to flow out of him, healing power to flow out of him and heal this woman who who had had this issue of blood. And she was healed of this instantly. Jesus shows his love and and care for someone who who was an outcast, someone who who couldn't be helped, someone who was helpless. And Jesus shows that he values those that that are helpless and that those who are in great need. And he allowed this woman to be healed. And then he goes from there. Actually, his purpose in going through that town was actually that he was going to bring back a man's daughter who had who was sick and who had who had died and Jesus goes on 
after he heals this woman of this issue of blood, he goes on and he raises this young girl to life. I love that. In the very same story, in the very same account, we have two examples of a woman that Jesus heals who had that issue of blood, and then he goes on to raise a young woman from death, showing that he has love and compassion both for young women and older women. We see that throughout the ministry of Christ. That age doesn't matter. That social standing doesn't matter. What matters is the heart. What matters is the soul. What matters is that they are His children. What matters is that they are His and they need Him. And He is the only one who can help them. And so He heals this um, girl and brings her back to life. Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. You can read the account of that. Then we read, we read in Mark 7, verses 24 through 30, that Jesus goes to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and while he's there, he cast out an unclean spirit out of um, a young woman who was a Gentile, right? Not a Jew, not a believer, not uh, one that the disciples would have gone to, but it says that he had compassion on this woman as she comes and she asked Jesus to cast out this unclean spirit out of her daughter. And Jesus does this, again, showing his care and concern for his people, one of his, no matter who they were. We read of that in Luke chapter 7 that Jesus forgives a sinful woman. Let's turn there and look at that. Luke chapter 7. We see this on a couple of different occasions, and it's not by accident that we're shown these things and that, and that, that it was women who were involved in these acts. It says, Then one of the Pharisees had asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster, alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head. And then she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. See the way that this Pharisee viewed women? This particular woman? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't view her that way? Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't view us this way, who we are by nature? You know, what, what is sickening today is the degrading way that, that women are viewed in our culture, in our society. 
And we can be tempted, we can be tempted to be involved in that. We can be tempted to be involved in that. We can be tempted to, to, to think that same way or to act that same way. But Jesus shows us the kind of, of compassion. He shows us the kind of heart. He shows us the kind of view that we should have even toward those that we would consider living in a sinful manner. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. And then he tells them that there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? And Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. Jesus Christ shows the love that this woman had for him. And I think one of the reasons why that that they have a special place in the life and ministry of Christ is because of their capacity to show love, to show emotion. And this is why they play a special part in the life of, in your life, in the life of the church. Because women, you are born and you are gifted with a capacity to love and to show that love and to display your emotions. And this is important for us as men to see this, right? And to emulate that. And I think this is one of the reasons why Christ allows this to happen and he points this out to the men, look, you need to be more like this. <laughs> you need to be willing to show your love. You need to be willing to show your humility. You need to be willing to show how much that you love me and your emotion by being willing to get down and wash my feet, get down and serve me. You know, one of the things that we read in, in, our, in the text in Mark 15 and what we'll see in another passage is what it says about the women. It says that they served him and they ministered to him. That is why they had such a special place in his ministry. And why they have a special place in the life of the local church and in the kingdom of God is because they have a capacity to serve and to minister and to love and to show compassion. Your sins are forgiven. And those that sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So we see that Jesus heals young and old women. Jesus forgives young and old women. He forgives sinful women. tells us in Luke chapter 13 
that Jesus heals a woman on the Sabbath day. And you know how that bothered the Pharisees. Whenever Jesus performed a miracle on the Sabbath day, they were troubled by it. But Jesus heals a woman on the Sabbath day. Again, showing to him what was more important than what they thought of him or breaking a law on the Sabbath day. What was more important, that this woman needed healing. She needed Jesus' healing touch. She needed to be showed compassion and love. And Jesus shows it to her, even on the Sabbath day. We saw when Jesus goes into the temple and they're sitting by the treasury, that a widow woman comes in and casts in her two mites. And Jesus takes time to point out the faith of that widow woman, right? He says, did you see that? Did you see her? Did you see this, this widow woman who nobody, nobody would pay attention to her, nobody would recognize her, nobody would say anything about her? Wow, she gave, she gave two mites. But Jesus takes time to point out and says, she cast in more than everyone else because she gave out of the abundance of her heart. She gave from her heart. So Jesus points out the faith of a widow woman. So I want to look at Luke chapter 8. Because this is similar to the passage that we read in Mark chapter 15. Luke chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magdalene, out of whom he had cast out seven demons. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. They served Jesus Christ with what they had. They followed Jesus Christ. They ministered to Him. And that's what it says in our text about these women. Verse 41, who also followed Him and ministered to Him when He was in Galilee. Jesus has a special place for women in the kingdom. He has a special place for them as they follow Him and as they serve Him, as they minister to Him. And so we see the special place that women had in the life of Jesus Christ and also in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, we see the special place that women had in the death of Jesus Christ. This cannot be ignored that in the gospel accounts, uh, in the death of Christ, that you have women being mentioned here. A woman anoints Jesus Christ with oil and prepares him for death. Remember, this was Mary, and, and you read of it in Mark chapter 14, which we looked at, and you read of it, you read of it in John John chapter 12, how that Mary, 
the sister of Lazarus, comes and anoints the body of the Lord Jesus Christ for burial. Now, it wasn't a man. It wasn't, wasn't Peter. Right? It wasn't John. It was a woman. It was Mary. She came and she gave up the thing that was most precious to her. Remember? The alabaster box. Which this upset Judas Iscariot so much because he said, you know, we could have taken all this money and given it to the poor. But he wasn't really concerned with the poor. He was concerned about taking the money for himself. But it wasn't any of the disciples who did this. It was a woman. It was Mary. She anointed. Jesus says that she anointed him for his death, for his burial. Secondly, we see that Jesus, on his way to the cross, after he has been beaten and scourged and treated harshly and all the, all the things that were done to him, as he's on the way to the cross, he tells us that women are there and they're weeping. And it tells us that Jesus took the time to speak to them. Jesus Christ, because he had been beaten so severely, he wasn't able to carry his cross all the way to Golgotha. And so they had picked out a man, Simon, to come and to carry his cross. It says in Luke chapter 23, verse 27, And a great multitude of the people followed him, and women also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turned to them, saying, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren wombs that have never borne, and breasts which have never nursed. Then they shall begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and on the hills cover us. For if they do these things in the greenwood, what will, it be, what will be done in the dry? Jesus takes the time to speak to these women who are lamenting and mourning over him. And he says, Listen, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves, because the day of judgment is coming. And he, he's trying to comfort them by speaking these words. We see that Jesus had a heart for these women. And then again, we see that when Jesus Christ was on the cross, breathing his last breath, that he shows his love and his care and concern for his mother and taking care of her, making sure she was provided for. And we see that these women are there when he is being crucified, when he's being put to death. They're there. They're there. They're watching. They're lamenting. Their hearts are bleeding. Where are Peter? Where are James? Where are the other disciples who had fled? They're not there, but it tells us that the women were there watching as Jesus Christ was killed. And then it tells us after this, that the women stayed there and they were helping with Jesus Christ being buried. 
It says in verse 42 of Mark 15, Now when the evening had come, because it was the preparation day, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent council member who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, coming and taking courage, went into Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate marveled that he was already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him if he had been dead for some time. So when he found out from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Then he brought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen. And he laid him in a tomb which had been hewn out of a rock and rolled a stone against the door. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, observed where he was laid. They were there. (laughs) They were there. They were involved in all these things. They were ready to, they were, after this, after, the reason that they were watching is because they were to, they were to go back and they were to prepare uh, spices. They were to prepare ointment so that they could go back and they could anoint the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it goes on to tell us that in verse 1 of chapter 16, and now when the Sabbath was passed, that Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. You see, they're everywhere. (laughs) They're there at his crucifixion. They're there at his burial. They're there to come to anoint his body very early in the morning on the first day of the week. They came to the tomb when the sun had risen. So we see the important place that these women had in the death of Christ. And lastly, we see the special place that these women had in the resurrection of Christ. They were first to the tomb. They were first to see that Christ was not in the tomb, right? They were first to give witness to the fact that Jesus Christ had risen. I love the account in... Luke chapter 24. Luke 24 tells us that they had come there to anoint the, body of Christ, anoint the body of Christ, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They didn't know how that they were going to get the, the stone rolled away when they got there, but they were still going in faith and in believing. But they found the stone rolled away, and they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to him, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Ah, he lives. Jesus Christ lives. He is not here but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Isn't that wonderful? It's precious. The women were the first to find out that Jesus has risen. They were A woman was the first to see Jesus risen from the dead. In John chapter 20, Mary Magdalene, John 20 verse 11, 
But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. We can't miss over that. We can't can't miss the importance of that. First, to find out that Jesus had risen. First, to see Jesus risen from the dead. And first to share the good news that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. Right? Jesus says, I want you women to go tell the apostles. I want you to go tell the disciples that I have risen from the dead. And they get to go and they get to say, the tomb is empty. Jesus Christ is alive. he, He wants us to tell you that He is alive and that He is coming to see you. Oh, what great joy and delight that they had in doing that the first to share the good news that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. So this is just a small glimpse of how we can see that women had a special place, a special role in the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how that teaches us the importance that Jesus Christ places on them, the importance they have in our life, the importance they have in the local church, the importance they have in the kingdom of God. So while the world is teaching you one thing, and the world is saying one thing, which is contrary to the word of God, the word of God is screaming this out to us. I value women. Women have a special place in the kingdom of God. They have a special place in the church. While they may not be preachers, while they may not be teachers, they have just as important a role. They have just as important a place. And I want all of you women to know that here today. You have a special and important role to play in this local assembly, in the kingdom of God, in your family's life. Your life is so much more than what the world says that it is. They can't even define what you are. But God's word defines what you are. And Jesus showed you how valuable you are to Him. How much you mean to Him. And so this is the encouragement that we can take from this. As we look at the life, the ministry, the death, the resurrection of Christ and see what an important place they had, we too also must recognize this. And we must place value on them as Jesus did. Young men, see the importance of your mother in your life. This can't be overstated because we see 
how much Jesus valued his mother and the importance that he placed on her in his life. God has given you a mother to not only bring you into this world and nurture you when you are young, but she is there for you for your whole upbringing. And she plays a very important and valuable place in your maturing. So recognize this. Respect the place of your mother in your life. Love your mother as Jesus Christ loved his mother. Protect your mother as Jesus Christ protected his mother. Provide for her as Jesus provided for his mother. It's important for us that we have the same kind of attitude toward our mother that Jesus Christ had toward his Secondly, young men, see women as your sisters in Christ. See women as your sisters in Christ. Respect them for who they are in Christ. Love them as you see who they are in Christ. And take care of them as Christ would take care of them. We need that encouragement for our young men today. Husbands, love your wife as Jesus Christ loves the church, as Jesus Christ loved his own mother, as Jesus Christ loved Mary and Martha. He showed them his heart. He grieved when they grieved. He was happy when they were happy. Love your wife as Jesus loves the church. Cherish your wife. Respect, reverence your wife. Remember what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3. We need this encouragement as husbands. We need this encouragement as men. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. Give honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Love your wife as Christ has loved the church and has given himself for her. We need to lay down our lives for our wife and for our sisters in the church. Young women, see the important place that young women had in the life of Jesus Christ and know that you too have that important place, that he values you, that your life, your body is important, and you should value that as well. See how He cares for you. See how He provides for you. Be like these women that we have read about this morning and serve Christ with your body. Serve Christ with your mind. Minister to His people by loving your family, by being obedient to your parents. If you're a believer in the local church, by submitting yourself to the local assembly and by serving in that capacity in the local church. That's how you minister, that's how you serve Jesus Christ, is by serving His people. 
Don't follow the pattern of the world where you're so consumed with self and you're so consumed with others think about you. Care what Christ thinks about you. Care what He has done for you. Care what kind of relationship you have with Him and with His bride. And then aged women, be comforted that Jesus cares for you. He showed it time and time again. Widow women, He cared for them. He took care of their needs. And we have all the instructions that He gave to the disciples and He gave to the local church how we're to care for the widows in our assembly. See also that your calling is the same calling as when you were young, is to serve and to minister to Christ and to serve and minister through the local church. Trust in Him to provide for you in your older age. Know that He cares for you in the sufferings and pains that you're going through. And may we as a church also have the same kind of compassion and concern for the widow women in our church and in our lives that we also would take care of them as Jesus Christ did. So I hope that you and I can be comforted by looking at this today, how that these women had a special place in the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and that we should view them in the same way that Christ did and does that we should thank Him for them in our lives. We should thank them for what they do in, in the church. And we should try to encourage them. We should respect them. We should reverence them. We should honor them, as does the Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless you and keep you, is my prayer.